hope you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 90 this morning. Psalms chapter 90. Y'all pray for me, I'm having a little trouble with my voice. And uh, somebody told me I had a good voice, a good voice for radio and a good face for radio. So, praise God. Probably a better face for radio than I do voice. Anyway, I thank God I have a voice. At my age, you wouldn't think I would have. I mean, you'll act like I'm dying around here. Um, but I'm only 70, but I don't feel it. I probably look it and I sometimes act it, especially after Bible school, but I just let uh, our assistant pastor do all the work, and then then they recruited me to, to ride the van and drive a van one night. I said, good night. Don't you know I'm an old man? I can't drive no van, but boy, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> Those kids, especially the one guy that got just got saved Thursday night, and he rode shotgun with me. I got to talk to him the whole time about what it meant to be saved, and he was so excited. Needs a Bible, so y'all... Help us get one of those. <clears throat> By the way, we have a uh, deacon ordination uh, next Sunday night, and Brother Alex is at a baptism with his niece down in Marietta, <clears throat> and Brother Marks is, is here, of course, in his position of helping Brother Darrell with this uh, ushering, which has been a real uh, challenge in the last year with this uh, COVID, and uh, starting next week, we're going back to handshaking, we're going to go back to uh, receiving the offering. Because I believe offering is worship. Amen. I don't think you just drop it in a box. I believe you worship God through your offerings. And so it's the deacons or the ushers <clears throat> are really just helping you worship God. So amen. And uh, so we'll, we'll get back to normal <clears throat> as soon as possible. <clears throat> How many wish y'all got back to normal? Amen. Joy class this morning. We had joy class, didn't we? Amen. Brother uh, um, Pete had to get two shots to get back in, but he was willing to do it. So if you teach those uh, elderly ladies, Miss uh, Brother Jason called them old ladies uh, this week. I don't call anybody old, <clears throat> especially at my age. But um, <clears throat> you definitely don't call ladies old ladies. He, he said the old ladies class, I think, is in with the fellowship club. He didn't mean it. Uh, he's young. But uh, <clears throat> I thank God for Brother Pete and, and, uh, and uh, Brother uh, Kitchens, Andrew, uh, going down there and starting that class back up. It means a lot to those young people down there at the uh, Morningside uh, Rest Home, not Rest Home, um, uh, Assisted Living. Okay, okay. I know there's a proper word for everything, but I, I don't have it this morning. Amen. All right, let's turn to Psalms 90. Amen. I'll stop meddling and start preaching. I want us to get something out of this chapter. I might preach on it two or three services because I've got so much on my heart after studying and uh I believe you ought to preach out of the overflow, but I'm going to tell you something. I have really overdone it on uh, this chapter, but uh, I don't think you can ever overdo studying the Word of God. But it's it's so full of great truths. And I thank God for life, don't you? Thank God for every breath. It's an individual blessing from God. Uh, I put a little illustration down here. It's an hourglass that my wife bought me for my, my study. I don't know why she bought an hourglass for him, but I love it. And uh, it's almost run out. I think it's an hour. Hourglass probably is an hour. And it's almost up. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that we're all going to die tomorrow, but I'm telling you something. Every day is a blessing. Every breath's a blessing. And don't take it for granted. I had a call yesterday morning from a dear lady, a younger lady, and they discovered her husband amassed a, a, a cancer. And um, it, it's, it's a bad uh, diagnosis. Uh, they'll know more about it uh, Wednesday. 
And she was just saying, please don't put his name on Facebook, don't put his name on the prayer list uh, because he's very private, but please pray for him. So I'm going to make it this prayer request. Pray for this young gentleman that's got this cancer that God can use the doctors to help him because it's very critical. He's got two young boys, and um, we need to pray for him. And I thank God that uh, people call up and ask for prayer requests from Whitfield Baptist Church, even when they uh, don't go to church here. Amen? And uh, used to go here now. Uh, they still call back for prayer. And that's, a, that's, a, that's a blessing to be able to pray for them. Let's stay in awe of the Word of God just for a few minutes. Uh, I want you to get something out of this chapter. I want you to really get something out of this chapter. And I want you to get something out of this chapter. I'm going to ask you to help me read it. I'll read the first verse. You read the second verse. I don't do this often, uh, but uh, I feel like we need to do that. So I'll read first, then you'll read the second verse on your own. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Class, before the mountains were brought forth, formed the earth, everlasting. Man, that sounds great. Look at verse 3. Thou turnest man to destruction and saith, Return, ye children of men. For thousand years in thy sight. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as a sleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. Morning. For we are consumed by thy anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. All our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score years and ten. And by reason of strength, they be four score years. Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow? For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Return, O Lord, how long? O let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the blessing of being here. And I sincerely mean that from my heart. Thank you for another chance to preach uh, again at Whitfield Baptist Church as the pastor of this church. Lord, I don't know how many more years I got. I don't know how many more days. I don't know how many more moments. But Lord, I want to finish right. And Lord, I want to be right. And I want to live day by day in your will for your glory. And Lord, I pray this for our people, that we would live day by day in your will for your glory. 
God, forgive us of our selfishness. Forgive us for our vainglory. Forgive us for our self-sufficiency. And God, forgive us for trying to live our life for ourselves. God, may we realize the priority of our life should be your glory. And so, Lord, please help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You know, we ought to apply our hearts to wisdom. And I once heard a definition of wisdom that I really like. It's seeing this world through God's eyes. I'm going to tell you something. You're very unwise if you think you're going to live forever. You're very unwise if you think this life is about you. This party is not about you. It's about God. Amen? And God gave you life. God gives you breath. God gives you strength. God gives you sense to get out of the rain. But I want to tell you something, friend. The reason he did that is not for your happiness, but for his holiness and for his glory. Folks, I want to tell you something. The oldest psalm is Psalms 90. It's written by Moses, the man of God. It's possible that Moses wrote the psalm after Israel's failure uh, of faith at Kadesh Barnea. Numbers 13 and 14 talk all about when the nation was condemned to a journey in the wilderness for 40 long years until the older generation had died. And that tragedy was followed by the death of uh, Moses' sister Miriam, Numbers chapter 20, and his brother Aaron, Numbers chapter 20 also. And between those two deaths, Moses obeyed the Lord, uh, disobeyed the Lord, struck the rock, and didn't get to go into the promised land. How did Moses manage to become a man of God? After 40 years in pagan Egypt that ended in failure and 40 years in uh, in media as a humble shepherd, and then 40 more years leading a funeral march through the wilderness because of disobedience. So you can tell life was not easy for Moses when he wrote this song. He shared his insights so we might learn from his mistakes, thank God, we ought to learn from our mistakes, amen, and how to end well and how to live well. And so I want you to see, first of all, that uh, God is the author and he's the finisher of time and eternity. He's the author. How many believe that? Say amen. amen. You know, uh, evolution is a false theory. Thank God Darwin got saved before he, got, before he died and he said, I'd been a fool and I know that I, I made a terrible mistake. Folks, I want to tell you something. The most humanistic thing I can think of is you think that you created yourself, that you're your own God. And folks, this is the way our nation's acting when they try to redefine marriage. Come on, say amen. Who are we to say what, what God has already said? That folks, it's one man, one woman for a lifetime. Praise God. It's not man with man. It's not woman with woman. It's man, woman. Amen. I mean, that's just so evident. I mean, it's so obvious. It's so uh, blatant, the rebellion, to say, hey, I want to redefine God. I want to redefine God's marriage. I want to redefine what, when uh, life begins, which it begins at conception. Say amen. I might as well just get all controversial this morning. But it shouldn't be controversial. It'll be evident. What God says, that's enough. What God's done, it's good. Amen. And I don't care what uh, flimsy little politician tries to outlaw or in-law, I'm going to tell you something. This is God's word. We ought to stand on God's word. Say amen. Oh, friend, it's a sad day we live in, isn't it? And then the height of, of a of a man trying to be God is they try, try to change their gender and mutilate their own body to become something else. 
and the parents are endorsing it. God help us. God help us. That is abomination to God. That is a heresy. That's a, that, that is so sick. And folks, I want to tell you something. Those folks are lo losing the opportunity of a lifetime to be who God created them and to enjoy what God has done and just to be content with themselves, amen, and their abilities and their praise God talents and their attributes, amen. If you're a woman, be a good woman. If you're a man, be a good man. <laughs> praise God, boys wear blue and girls wear pink. I don't know about that. But anyway, you know, we ought to act like a, uh, play with trucks, boys, praise God, not with dolls. Well, I got that out of my heart. I feel a lot better. But anyway, author and finisher of time and eternity is God. He created you the way he wanted you to be created. And if you don't accept yourself, you don't accept your creator. Amen. You're down on yourself. You're down on God. And folks, the height of being down on yourself is when you don't like yourself as a boy and you want to be a girl. Now, this might lose our little uh, tax exemption or, you know, there might be some invasion from the government, but I don't care. I'm going to preach what God says no matter what the cost. We, but I want to say this. I don't want to dwell on that perversion. I want to dwell on this fact. God is the author of time. Look at verse 1. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Folks, he is eternal. Folks, but listen... And he's not bound by time like we are. And folks, we ought to have one emphasis in our life over, over this world, eternity. 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 We're going to live forever somewhere. But I want to tell you something. Until then, we ought to reach people for eternity's sake, for God's glory. Until then, we ought to live our little old short life with eternity in mind. Say amen. Uh, folks, what does it profit a man if he lived for these 70, and I hope 80, and I hope really 90 now, uh, years, and then go to eternity and say, well, I lived just for those 90 years. That's such a waste. That's such a misappropriation of values. That's such a shame. That's such a disgrace to live your life for sin, for self, and for your glory. Look at verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever had, had been formed in the earth, the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou art God. Folks, God existed through Israel's generations of wandering. Moses about to die. This is the oldest psalm uh, in, in the book of Psalms. And He's just went through all this wandering in the wilderness, all this sin. He blew it by smiting the rock and messing up God's typewriter twice when he should have just hit it once. And God, folks, he's saying, existed before Israel's troubles and during Israel's troubles. And God it existed before the world's creation. It says, before thou art. Look at verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever hath formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art. He's the I am. He's not the I was. He's the I am. He's not the I'm going to be. Folks, he's the I am that you can trust with your whole life. And I believe you ought to invest your life in. 
Time is too valuable to spend, young man. You must invest it. The greatest investment you can have is go to camp this week and get in the Word of God and have eternal values and leave their chains. The greatest thing we could do this past week is reach boys and girls for Jesus because 19 out of 20 people that get saved get saved before the age of 25, according to Barnard, whoever he was. Folks, I want to just say this. God existed God exists beyond your duration. Verse 3, it says, Thou turnest man to destruction and saith, Return ye children of men. Folks, here's the greatest discovery in, that you could ever have. The greatest discovery and responsibility in life is, Thou art God. Thou art God. And he gives us time and life as a sacred trust. Amen? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body and your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. The greatest discovery you'll ever have, the greatest adventure you'll ever have is living in God's will, but the greatest discovery is that it's God's will. It's God's will. That's why you ought to know this book. Amen? You ought to know this book. You ought to study this book. You ought to cherish this book. And folks, he gives us life and he gives us time. Why is it, and I'm not talking about Vinny because he's up in the merch room, he really put his heart into this, soul into this um, skit because he thought he broke a rib in the skit. Now that's putting your all on the line, amen, praise God. I don't know if it's when he slung that fishing rod so many times or what, but he did something and uh, he's getting it checked out and he's fine. It's just a bruised brain. I mean a bruised rib. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I hope you're watching. But anyway, listen. Uh, folks, greatest discovery in life is thou art God. If you're going to be in a little skit and hurt yourself or serve refreshments, Miss Nancy, it's, it's for God. It's for God's children. It's to make a difference in their life. Make those uh, crafts. It's for God. Run that van. Run that bus till 1030 at night. Screaming, you, you know, kids get wild after dark, amen? I mean, they come out of their shell, amen? I'll tell you what, um, it's amazing that some people even ride the night bus. I once was at Hiles Anderson College, and uh, this guy got up and he said, Jesus rode the night bus. I said, what in the world is this idiot preaching on? I had to get an interpreter. He says, yeah, they have night buses going into Chicago, Brother Gabe, you're aware of them. And folks, when you go into night buses going in Chicago, you better have compassion like Jesus. And you better have courage like Jesus, amen? And I, fi I figured out the message after I got some interpretation. But Jesus, rode the, Jesus would have rode the night bus, amen. Folks, he's the overseer of time. Look at verse four. For a thousand years in thy sight are but a yesterday and in the past and is watching the night. Oh, folks, listen. Morning speaks of opportunity. Look at verse 6. It says, or verse 5, thou, thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as a sleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. And in the morning it flourish and groweth up. And in the evening it's cut down and withered. Over in the Middle East they'd have great rains and they would flourish. The, the grass would just come out instantly and flourish. But by the evening time, the arid sun had scorched it and it's scorched. And folks, morning speaks of opportunity. 
you got an opportunity. It's called life. But take the frown off your face. Put a smile in its place. I'm not going to sing that little thing, but I think it's a good one. As uh, Ron Hamilton used to say, don't have that poochy lip disease. And I used to play that all the time to my kids, poochy lip disease. That means you're pouting. He's got Alzheimer's now. He don't know where he's at. And he wrote many songs, great songs, like Rejoice in the Lord that you've sung. Uh, Miss Sarah, and other great songs. We need to pray for him, pray for his wife. And folks, you know something? You don't know when your mind's going to go. Some of you act like it's already gone. <laughs> no, I'm only, I'm only kidding. My wife said that about me. But folks, evening speaks of opportunity past. Only one, only one life God gives you, and only one life that counts. So give to Jesus all your days, for it's the only life that pays when you recall you have but one life. So soon it will pass. So soon it will pass. It's just a, it's just a vapor. And so second of all, I want you to see, not only is he the author of time, but he's, he's the assessor of time. He's the assessment of time in eternity. The all-knowing, omniscient God knows what's best for you. And God has something important for you to do, but more important for something more important for you to be. And that's a faithful, godly, God-glorifying Christian. That's what he wants in your life. He didn't create you just to be rich. All you rich people, raise your hand. Don't do it. God didn't create you to just be beautiful. All you beautiful people, um, Ask God to forgive you for a wild imagination <laughs> or pride. God didn't create you, just be happy. You know, everybody seeks happiness. If you don't believe it, amuse means don't think. Amusement, number one industry in America. Amen. I was talking to somebody the other day up in uh, Pigeon Forge. says, we get the, the, the world's largest industries coming to Pigeon Ford. I said, man, that's good. What's that? It's going to be a new restaurant. It's going to be another Dolly. It's going to be another um, Paula Dean restaurant. And he says, no, we're building ball fields. Building ball fields all around because it brings in more visitors, more money than anything we can do around here in Pigeon Ford. Ball fields. I mean, skipping church and playing ball. That ain't the right priority, say man. God didn't create you to make the Braves end up in last place. God didn't create you to be a hawk and lose the playoff. God created you to be a Christian, Christ-like, little Christ. Hey, friend, glorify God. Now, if you play ball, do it for the glory of God. But don't put it before God. Come on. Don't put your hobbies before God. I want to tell you something. The way to number your days is set your priorities right. Say amen. We all have priorities. If you don't believe it, what do you spend most of your money with on? Hey, I'll give you another one. What do you think about the most? That's your, that's your priority. Come on. Well, I think about her. Well, you better get a priority of thinking about him. Say amen. Because only God can make your marriage. Only God can keep you married. Only God can have you enjoy marriage. Priorities, priorities. 
Amen. We had some people come up from the state of Florida to vacation Bible school. Say amen, Miss Kim. And I mean, they do it every year. Miss uh, Stephanie's sister and the whole family. They come up and visit. But they come up to enjoy vacation Bible school. And you say, man, that is a boring vacation for a family. No, eternal values. It's eternal values. Folks, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? The assessment of life. Days are before the Lord. Look at verse 7. For we are consumed by thine anger and thy wrath are troubled when hast thou... Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of his countenance. Now, folks, I just want to summarize this. I'm trying to get to my text, which will probably be tonight. We need to fear God. We need to fear God. You need to fear God. You know what fear God means? Respect him. Respect him. We respect a lot of people. We stand when they come in the room. We salute when they wear their uniform. And I think that's very, very good. And I hope the goodness will stop this disrespect to our soldiers and to our flag in the United States of America. In the name of freedom of speech, we can be just disrespectful. But I want to say this, and I don't mean to be so controversial, but God, God knows my heart that our, our nation is not fearing God like it used to. We're not fearing God. His day is not special. His church is not special. His men are not special. His ladies are not special. His name is not special. It's, it's, it's censored. We live in a counseled, censored society. You better, you better hope, you better... You better thank God there's not a lot of statues of Jesus Christ, Apostle Paul, because they'd be taking them down too. Come on. Because they want to counsel our history. And folks, our history is that God created this nation. God supernaturally sustained this nation. And God is the only God that's worth a nation to bow to. Amen. And folks, listen, I want to tell you something. If you want to number your days and apply your heart to wisdom, our text finally in verse 12, don't get there yet, Brother Cody, I'm not jumping there. Fear God. Fear God. Here it is, verse 7, it says this, for we are consumed by thine anger and thy wrath are, are, are we troubled. Don't mean God's just angry at everybody in general. What's he angry with? Thou hast set our iniquities before thee. Our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. Folks, he says, we've wandered around 40 years and wasted our lives, and he knows why. It's because of our sin, consuming our lust, living for ourselves, doing what we want to, not believing God, and wandering in the wilderness. And folks, the reason is sin. Sin. God loves the sinner, but sin makes him angry. We ought to love the sinner, but sin ought to make us disturbed. We're losing our blush in America. We're, we're, we're losing uh, the distinction between light and dark. Come on. It's a gray area. Everything's 
gray. There's no absolute truth. Yes, there is an absolute truth. The absolute truth is God knows and God is God and we're just humans that God has entrusted us with life. And the greatest stewardship is time. Your time is valuable to God. It's so valuable that you ought to invest it, not spend it. You ought to invest it in worship. That's not wasted time. Everybody tries to clock me. About 12 o'clock, we have the Baptist wave. Better way, I need to take my watch off because I do destroy watch bands for some reason. But it don't mean a thing when I put this watch on the pulpit. But anyway, I'm going to put it there. We're in a hurry. But boy, there's a good ball game. We'll go three hours. And then the team loses because they ain't got no relief pitching. We'll watch a movie for two and a half hours. And we don't like the ending. Like the popcorn, but we don't like the ending. Amen. We do a lot of things. We work our head, we work to our, ourselves to death during the week because we've got to get the job done, and I appreciate that. I don't think God uh, likes laziness. But I'll say this. What is the profit of man if he gets all those things and does all those things and loves all those things and enjoys all those things and then faces Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ empty-handed? What a fear God. What a respect God. The brevity of life. It's summed up in verse 9 and 10. It says, For all the days are passed away in the wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. God has a way of describing things like they ought to be described. He says, Your life is a testimony. You hear me? Your life is a testimony. Listen, folks ought to know what your life is about. And your life does not just consist of things. Things. Some people say, well, he's wrapped up in this and he's wrapped up in that. I'm going to tell you something, you ought to be wrapped up in Jesus. And after a while, they ought to know who you stand for and it should come out. It ought to break out on you. Amen? I mean, there ought to be, Jesus ought to be mentioned often in your life. Not in a curse word or a swear word either. Amen? Connie was saying in the first grade, she'd won she won one little first grader. We'd be real careful with first graders. We don't push first graders. But um, she was there sitting there helping, and um, one little girl come in, and she was getting dealt with. Another girl popped up and said, she cusses a lot. You know, she was a neighbor. I wonder where she learned to cuss a lot. Mom and Daddy, you're in here. You need to stop it. But I want to tell you something, friend. Children will tell on you. But I want to tell you something. Your life will tell on you. I mean, what, 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 what do you live for? I mean, what do you think about in the shower? You know what I think about? Getting out. I got, I got a lot to do, amen? Some people stay in the shower for four hours. The other, other night, right before vacation, I was got to take a quick shower because I'd worked all afternoon, hard outside, and, and I said there was no water pressure. There was no hot water. I was getting in the flesh. I said, I got to preach tonight. It's Thursday. Lord, deliver me from being in the flesh. And I just screamed, somebody's got the water on. Little Oliver escaped, Miss Linda, and he turned on the faucet in the backyard and the faucet in the front yard, and he didn't turn it off. 
And so about that time I get out of the shower, I just had a cold shower and I had a weak shower. I mean, when you can't get shampoo out of this hair, you got a problem, amen. <laughs> and I went outside, tripped over the doorstep, and almost fell in the flood in the front yard. And I said, dear God, i got to preach to a bunch of young people in 30 minutes. Father, forgive me for what I'm thinking right now, amen. <laughs> Folks, there's a lot of trouble and trials, and it's a lot worse than what we go through that Moses went through, he saw a whole generation die and he saw himself in discipline because he messed up God's type and didn't obey God exactly and he said, oh, my friend, God is upset. God is upset with our life when we don't put him first and God is a jealous God and he wants you to love him more than you love anyone, especially yourself. Are you getting anything out of this chapter? I'm saying, folks, in verse 9 and 10, it says, for all our days are passed away, and the wrath we spend our years as a tale told. Your testimony is important. And this is your testimony. What does people think, or who does people think, more important to you than anybody else? That's your testimony. You love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your might. Or you just love him when you need him, like in the emergency room. Come on. Or when the doctor says that dreaded word, cancer! Don't we call on God sometimes when the bottom falls out? Don't we call on God? The sand's about to run out. Don't we call on God when everything falls apart? I want to tell you something. He's more than emergency rations. He's daily bread. And this tribe, these people, these generations had wandered for 40 years. Moses saw the heartache, saw the death, saw the dearth, saw that God provided manna every day. God provided light. God provided shade. And that was very needed in that Middle East section of the world. And their testimony was, we loved ourselves more than we loved God. No one will preach your funeral. You'll preach your own. And folks, life is a story told, but it's a vapor, James 4.14. That means it's just a puff of sand, a puff of, of, of steam. And then life, my friend, is a life that should be taken, not for granted, but taken and laid at God's altar, an offering. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're not to be like the world. You're not to live for the world. You're not to be uh, have the appetites of the world. You're to come out from among them because you're not your own. And you need to realize that. God's been good to you. And if you've got any energy, any strength, or any health this morning, it's because of God. And when you go to the emergency room and start calling on God again, you need to realize that you've been calling on God every day and thankful for every breath 
Now, friend, if you go to the emergency room, please call me. I'm not saying I don't want to hear from you. Even though you walked out of the church and hadn't come back in years, I still want to hear from you because I still love you. And I'll still be your pastor if you'll let me. But I'm going to tell you something. God sometimes, I think, gets tired of people saying now that all, everything's falling apart. God, could you help me out of this mess? And I want you to look at verse 11. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So! i got to close. I'll, I'll continue tonight if you'll come back. So! Teach us to number our days. You know what that's saying? So God's eternal. You're mortal. You're, you're, you're just temporary. Uh, we're sinful. We're weak. We're prone to wonder. God will hold you accountable. So, teach us to number our days. We may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I'll get into this definition of wisdom, but wisdom is seeing this world through God's eyes. It's seeing yourself through God's eyes. You know what yourself is? Nothing but by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm sort of, you know, self-made, praise God. I got my suspenders on, I pull myself up by them. And I've, you know, I've got my education and, and all I've done, I've worked hard for. I'm going to tell you something, you wouldn't have sense to get out of bed if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't know who you were if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have the energy to move to that job Monday if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have children if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have a marriage if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have a roof over your head if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have one portion of meat or bread if it wasn't for God. God's been good. So number your days. And apply them to wisdom. Let me just say this. I'm going to get into my message tonight and I don't want to run it because I'm looking forward to preaching it, but Wisdom is seeing the end of sin. Proverbs 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Let me flip this over and start again. Uh, could y'all take an hour more? No, there ain't no way. See, it won't even do it. Amen. Must be a Baptist sand thing. Amen. So, hey, I'm finished. And I'm finished too because I know you can't. Take the whole bale of hay at one time. But, um, you know, it's a weaver's shuttle, the Bible says, life is. And if anybody in any culture should understand the fast pace of a weaver's shuttle, multiply it to this general day. You know how fast a piece of carpet can come out of these mills? A beautiful rug. Now it's laminate wood. <laughs> but anyway, it's, you know, I don't know how they make that, but praise God, don't mess my illustration up. It's a weaver's shuttle. I mean, there's gray days and bland days and tired days, but praise God, the Lord works all things together and there's a beautiful plan and all you've got to do is yield to God and let him weave your life into his direction and for his glory. That's wisdom. Your life's not your own. Sin doesn't pay. And the life that you live for God is the only thing that really counts. Because you're an eternal being and he's an eternal God. And he says, listen, teach. So teach us to number our days. Didn't say weeks, didn't say years. 
days. I'm going to figure it up tonight, but I want to know how many days I've had in my life. 70 times a lot. Amen. I mean, a lot of days. I was trying to figure it up the other day how many sermons I preached in this one pulpit, and I think it's over 7,000. You'd think it'd get easy, but I'm still nervous. It's a story told. It's a paper. The anger of God is against sin, not against the sinner. And so third, and I'll, 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 I'll deal with this tonight, there's the application of time. We need to yield to this powerful, omnipotent, eternal God. He knows what's best. Friend, don't trust yourself. Trust God. Don't trust your leading, your feelings. Well, if I, if I, you know, if I feel this, I'll do it. No, you ought to do what's in the book. Do it. Amen. Number your days. Number your days. Number your days. Let's just let's just close with this. Let's do a timeline. Remember in school you do a timeline. I'll put down here June tenth, nineteen fifty one. Put a dot right there. Now I want you to put your birthday on a dot. Come on, come on, play with me. Praise God. Get your paper out, and you put you put the put that dot. Then I want you to draw a line, and I want you to put one line here today. But I want you to see another dot right here, which is eighty. I'm gonna give you eighty instead of seventy. Wonder why? Amen. This is three score. Okay, four score. I right, put eighty here. Okay, now put your age on that scale from the time you was born to eighty. My mind be right here. Okay. That's, my, that's mine. This this side of that of that of the day is history. It's gone. History. We had a good history this week, brother Chris. Good history. God worked some great things in your life, your family, your bus ministry. But here's this part for me. Some of y'all way over here. Y'all ten years old. This is this is what I got left. This is my stewardship. This is my application. This is the future. Now, I might not make 80. I might make 71. Don't have no four-hour funeral service for me, okay? Cut it down to about three. No, no. <laughs> 35 minutes will be fine. Oh, friend, listen. The rest of your life, what you going to do with it? That's what I want to ask you. The Bible says you ought to spend the rest of your life sojourning in the fear of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. All right, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? What are you going to do? Well, it's going to depend upon your priority. It's going to depend upon your pursuit. It's going to depend upon your chief aim in life, which should be the glory of God. That's fearing God, knowing that His glory is more important than your glory. Look at verse 17. I used this as a dedication for a business yesterday. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. That's real beauty. You can dress yourself up, but I want to tell you something. You ain't got the right disposition, right attitude, and full of the Spirit, you'll always be ugly. I hate to say it, you'll always be ugly. It don't matter what you're dressed up in. But look at this. It says, be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. I'm just saying, friend, the only stability in life is God's will for God's glory with his tremendous power flowing through your life, which is a spirit-filled life. I got to go. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm going to go. But I want to tell you something. 
And I got to be careful, Chris, but I'm going to do it anyway. Thursday, for hours and hours, Chris and I sat in the living room of a young man, 51, is young to me, who has wasted, wasted the last three years. Drunk. Three years. Nine-year-old daughter, beautiful daughter, wonderful wife, beautiful house, beautiful cars, a Jeep and a Highlander. You can't get any better than that in the driveway. Four little dogs just prancing around. One of them jumped on my shoulder, praise God, and started sniffing my ear. I, I said, I don't know you that well, amen. <laughs> Chits you or something, I don't know. Help me not to be too personal. But we heard, I heard, it was like deja vu for me, my childhood. We heard for hours and hours, regret, neglect, depression, heartache, sadness, despondency. I looked over to the right, and there's a dear wife, tears streaming in his face. There's a dear brother begging, your brother, get right with God. And I thought to myself, Brother Gabe, that could be me. That could be me. And that could be you. And one time it was you. But God intercepted your life. God came into your life. God saved your unworthy soul. God picked you up out of the miry, murky, muddy, dreadful mud of life and put you on a higher ground. And that's what we're praying for for this young gentleman. And I want you to pray with me for the next 28 days for it's critical, 28 days. But I want to ask you a question. You think his history for the last three years has been pleasurable. And I hate to use this illustration because it's probably been too explicit, but I'm going to tell you, I got to tell you what God spoke to my heart about. Only by the grace of God am I over here begging this guy. He, he, he reminisced about spending the night at my house with Jason and them getting in trouble together. And he remembered details I don't even have. He told me where I lived and I didn't even know where I lived 20 years ago, he, he said, I used to come over to your house, spend the night. And Miss Connie, she's the best Sunday school teacher I ever had. And Miss Lois, she, she started naming everything he loved about our church in his childhood. And now he's regretting the day that he said, I don't need it anymore. I need another crutch. And boy, he's had some hard aches. His son just died, what, three years ago? Three years ago, tragically. He's blaming himself. I'm just saying, folks, listen to me. Please, I've got to get away from the outline a second. I've got to get away from the passage just a second and tell you that I see it every day, every year, people drowning in sorrow, drowning in regret, 
drowning in depression, don't even want to live. And the people around them saying, I can't take it any longer. And it's because of sin. Chris, you'd be there if it wasn't for the grace of God. You'd be right with Him. You wouldn't be thrilled this week that you got to see all these kids saved. They look up to Brother Chris. You wouldn't be sitting next to a precious wife who's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You wouldn't have a happy, you wouldn't have three boys that love God, but God. And I want to say this, it'd be a shame for you not to be a good steward of what God's done in your life and be faithful and be steadfast and be unmovable always in the ministry of the Lord because He's done so much for you. And He's going to do so much for the ones you love if we'll just trust Him. I close with this. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said it. Well, these guys are on top of it. Time is short and eternity is long. And it's only reasonable that this short life be lived in the light of eternity. Could I repeat that, please? Time is short. Seventy years is short compared to eternity. And eternity is long. It's forever. And it's only reasonable that this short life be lived in the light of eternity. Father, use this message. I pray, dear God, that I hadn't been too personal. and I hope I hadn't betrayed confidence. Dear God, I, I, I know that you woke me up Thursday and you spoke to my heart Thursday. And God, I want you to speak to these folks' heart about where they've been and where you found them and what you've done in their life and now what they need to be as good stewards and learn to number their days and apply their life to wisdom. And that wisdom is that you should be revered that you should be respected and that you should be obeyed and that your life is better than the best life we could ever make. God lived through us is our prayer. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I went over time, but I'm not apologizing because if somebody will get right with God, the rest of your time will be a blessing instead of a history of heartache. Have me say, preacher, I know I'm saved. I'm so happy about that. I know that Jesus redeemed my unworthy soul. You might not have been in the dregs of sin. You might be a, a good boy like I was at 11 because my mother made sure I was a good boy half the time. <laughs> but you know you're saved. Would you raise your hands a happy testimony of that all over this place? Come on now. I mean, glad and grateful you're saved. Saved from a wasted life and saved from hell. Several cannot raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not absolutely sure. But I sure would like to know for sure. And I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and say, I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. You might be a religious, you might be, a, you might be the most faithful member of this church and lost. Come on. Anybody? Have me say, Preacher, I'm just going to put it this way. I want to learn to number my days. 
I want to stop spending my life on myself. I'm going to start investing in others. I want to help in the bus ministry. I want to help in the Sunday school ministry. I want to help in my family ministry. I just want to be a good daddy. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good mama. That's a high calling. That's a great ministry. But you say, preacher, I just, I just want to redeem the rest of my time. I'm tired of this sin. I'm tired of selfishness. And I'm tired of what sin's doing to people's lives. I want to make a difference by letting God help me number my days and apply my life to wisdom. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? i got to raise both mine. i got to raise both of them. I just want to surrender everything i got. I don't want to park. I don't want to quit. I want to do more. I want to be more for God. I want to finish right, Brother Jim. I want to finish right. God bless you all over this place. Father, in Jesus' name, use this message, the introduction to this great chapter. God, thank you for speaking to my heart, and we do pray for my buddy, that God, you'd help him. You'd intervene. We pray for this young man that I, I love very much that's had this diagnosis of this mass of cancer in his, in his body. God, help him. Help his family. Help his boys. Oh, God. Help us not take for granted our health. Help us not take for granted every minute. God, help us not take for granted this uh, hour and 15 minutes of worship we've had. Sunday school hour, help us not take for granted. This time together. God, this time to fellowship. God, many have gone on before. They're cheering us on from heaven to get our priorities right. So Lord, all, all I know to do is just worship you and Lord, get tired for you, preach for you and be a good daddy, good, good husband for you, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.